Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Talk with Chaos. Today's topic, reparations. This is one of the most divisive issues today. And the question is, should America pay reparations to descendants of slaves? I looked up reparations because I wanted to know the true meaning and not what I think the meaning was. And it said, the making amends of a wrong one has done by paying money to or otherwise helping those that have been wrong. So my next question was, where and to whom historically reparations have been paid? And as I looked at this, one theme ran throughout all the reparations. This I will get to in a moment. But first, let's check out, let's check out reparations that has actually been paid. First, the Treaty of Versailles. This is, was signed in 1919, requiring Germany to pay for civilian damages caused during World War I that ended in 1918, one year later. Next, we had World War II. West Germany paid reparations for the Holocaust around the early part of 1950 for the horrific treatment of Jews. Some was paid to the newly formed Israel, but most of the survivors of the Holocaust. Apartheid in South Africa, the separations of whites from non-whites and the ill-treatment of non-whites. Reparations paid to the victims. The internment of 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry, most of whom were United States citizens, were relocated and incarcerated. Payment went to those that survived the internment. Forced sterilization of mostly poor black women and mentally challenged and disabled people, with the last sterilization ending in 1981 in Oregon. North Carolina being the only state to pay for, it, for this problem, paid 177 living survivors. Tuskegee experiment, where 400 black men with syphilis were left untreated to study the disease progression. This ended in 1972, payments in 1974. There are offsprings, however, still receiving treatment from the effects of that program. There's one theme that ran throughout all these reparations, and that is payment went to actual survivors, and of course, in the case of the Tuskegee offsprings, because they're still receiving medical treatment. I have no problem with reparations. But is 150 years too much time passed to make a justifiable case to start paying? It seems reparations has always been within the time frame of the survivors in their lifetime to receive compensation. But if there is an argument for reparations, it would have to be the war on poverty. The war on poverty in the 1960s. You see, President Johnson wanted to end poverty in the United States. But these programs had a devastating effect on black communities, one of which is actually playing out today 
with this coronavirus. As we see the pandemic going on today, and as the death rate and the hospitalization decreases, businesses are opening, but many, especially in the service industry, cannot staff their businesses because people are getting paid to stay home, don't have to travel, could sleep a little longer, etc. If the government is handling money at the scale, even with what they were making in their job, where is the incentive to work? This is what happened to the black community. Before the war on poverty, 72% of black families had two parents in the household. It was down recently to 27%. It flipped from 72 to 27. The out of wedlock birth rate is nearly in, in the early 60s was 21%. Now it is 77%. And even higher in the inner cities with most being teenagers. In the 1930s, the out of wedlock birth rate was 11%. And we have seen a dramatic increase from 1965 to present day correlating with the war on poverty programs. Also, an unintended consequence of this war on poverty program was fatherless homes. The government would give money to single mothers with children and increase the amount if you have more, ch more ch another child, more mouths to feed. This had a devastating effect on fatherhood because it would be financially better for a poor family to have a single mother in the home than two parents. Another, because of the fatherless home, was an increase in juvenile criminal offense, with 70% of them coming from fatherless homes. If slavery, Jim Crow, and discrimination kept black people down, then how is it that in the early 1900s, black unemployment was 15% lower than white unemployment? Let me repeat that. Black unemployment in the early 1900s was 15% lower than white unemployment. This suggests a hardworking people. But today, it's 30% higher. Black people were thriving, opening businesses with significant amount of families with two parents in the household. In the early 1900s, there were thousands of black owned businesses in black tongues. One of those tongues were Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I bring this up to illustrate the resilience of black people before 1960. Greenwood, also known as Black Wall Street, was a thriving black district that had red brick buildings. Back in those days was something belonging to black Americans. It had black owned banks, libraries, grocery stores, and it was one 
of the most, not the only, but one of the most affluent black communities in the country. Greenwood was burned to the ground, leaving hundreds of black people injured and thousands homeless. This, is, this was called the Black Wall Street Massacre. And it, it occurred in 1921. But guess this, within 10 years, those that survived the massacre rebuilt that town. So after slavery, one cannot argue against thriving black communities throughout the country and still argue that what's happening in the black communities today, especially in the inner city, is because of the lingering effect of slavery. It also hurts the black community to not put on display more often this period of resilience, financial stability, and power that black people felt in the early 1920s. And this also helped to feed the stereotypical notion that most black people don't want to work and only want a handout. If there were to be reparations, and I don't think it would ever happen, but will only be used as an issue for politicians. But if there were to be reparations, let it be for the war on poverty programs by President Johnson that had a devastating effect on the black family from 1960 to present day. I will end with this. There is a saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The war of, on poverty, although with good intention, ruined the black community. This is Real Talk with KR. God bless. Good day.